He guys literally just wing this. What yes, are we going to well, talk about? Hold on. I mean, yes, wing it. It's, we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> I do intention. this to myself every day on the way home. So there's always plenty to talk about. I just get bored with talking to myself. So we got this going so on. So we are so the victim. kind of like you're including us into the inner Basically. dialogue. I have a victim mentality right now. All right, what you guys got? What are we talking about today? All right, welcome back to the official Talk Hard podcast where we talk about some pretty interesting things. And controversial and stuff that we cut out a lot. There's a lot of editing on this show because so, Brian Kendrick's here. I'm really not that bad. <laughs> I'm really not that bad. I feel like I've got to be censored all the time. I'm not that guy. Uh, okay. Son of a bitch. So... <laughs> <laughs> All right, come on. Let me. What is what is the topic? Because we left it up to you today. Because we like to fly by the seat of our whatever. Well, I don't. What would you? Like what to if talk I pick about? a topic and you guys just talked about it last week? Nope, didn't happen. All right, let's talk about. All right, I was thinking about this on the way over here because I thought you guys might ask. So, so here's where my <laughs> mind goes. You're All good. right, You're you know that they say a couple cliches here for you or a catchphrase or something that you could live your life by it depends on whatever you want to call it but not to confuse the winter circle with the comfort zone complacency is the enemy of greatness all of those things Mm -hmm. but i think it's even more applicable to those of us in recovery because i was thinking about my comfort zone and and my spirit animal just might be a pig like i could be comfortable in the most toxic horrible situations like i could be comfortable never <coughs> never getting up uh just wallowing around in my own filth like a pig okay. i was thinking about this is a good this is a good topic i was really. thinking about getting comfortable in my mental illness in my self-pity in that victim role i was thinking about all the toxic things i did in my addiction for 20 years that i was comfortable with versus the things that made me uncomfortable such as signing back up for school filing taxes Come, getting on the map, all of the things, doing your dishes, making yeah, a bed, yeah. the simple things. Sometimes all of, the, all of it, what a lot of people would consider normal and routine, was horribly uncomfortable for me. Okay. But living in <coughs> in the streets, surrounded by people that you know, that just uh, really dark and, and and dangerous, a common sense would had me terrified in the situations I threw myself into. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you're like me. Like, I I was incredibly comfortable in a bar at 9 a.m., right? I was in, I was in, like, you. You was incredibly comfortable with sharing needles with junkies in an alleyway in downtown Chicago. I mean, these are the types of comfort zones that we get ourselves into. And I think the good topic with this is, is, like, I think, like, how many people... How many viewers out here and how many people in the world are just so comfortable in these situations, in the life situations that they got themselves in due to poor choices, bad choices, things not working out, poor toxic relationships, uh, drugs and alcohol. Abusive relationships. Abusive. I mean, we just get ourselves so, like, we talk about this, me and Brian talk about this a lot, is, is the fact that, you know, we... It's so incredibly hard to discipline yourself, to change your, your, we talk about the neurological pathways. Brian does a lot because he likes to get into those big words and Absolutely. do these. Well, hold on. 
<laughs> I like to read a lot of big words and repeat them. Don't act like regurgitate them, right? Yeah. But no, it's it's true because we got these one, uh, you know, our brains. If we, whether we've been in addiction or toxic relationships or just bad choices, are in for five years, ten years, twenty years of your life. Like your brain is set to fire off that way. It's going to go that way. It's going to go that way. It's going to go that way. And if to change that, you got to reverse and try, you know, train your brain to do something that's incredibly uncomfortable. And here's the other thing too. Like I I started this new morning routine and I, like I was on fire. This is what happens in recovery a lot too. They talk about the pink clouds. I was on fire with this new morning routine. I was getting up on time, uh, like getting up with intention. At a specific time that I said I would get up on time, I would do this, I would meditate, I would do my reading, I would get my son on the bus, I would, and all the while, for the first hour of my day, I would not touch the phone. I would not get on social media, I would not scroll or look at my likes or do any of that, and that, that was hard. And then I would take my cold shower, right? I would take this icy cold shower to get me up, because I read about the, the benefits behind it, mental health benefits and all the other circulatory organs getting oxygen benefits of it right and that was great for about 15 days and this is where i think the pink cloud kind of applies to in recovery it was great then i loved it because i i set a new course and i'm like i'm doing it i'm actually doing it so i'm motivated by the fact that i'm actually doing it and i'm the phone's over there calling my name every damn morning it's like pick me up you want to touch me I don't want to take us off topic, but I have to bring this up. Oh, here's where here's where I have to call bullshit because he would say, you know, say he was supposed to get up at five thirty and not touch his phone for an hour. He'd make a post at five forty five about how he's not touching his phone. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. But no. But back to the point because f you, Brian. That's not. <laughs> but back to the point is this like, is me meditating. <laughs> Back to the point, though, is that it was easy and it was fun and I was on fire about it. And then come day 15, 16, 17, it's just like it gets it's getting harder and harder to do. It wasn't easy. It was exciting. Excitement makes things feel easier. right? Right. And then that excitement dwindles, and that's where you find out what you're made of. Well, you actually like the, the excitement dwindles. I'm just going to add to that. The excitement dwindles and then the results aren't what you want them to be. They're not this because I have an expectation of this is just going to change my life. Just like in recovery, like everything's great. Oh, shh. Life hits you and oh, shit, life's hard. And then you, you like F it. I ain't doing these things no more. So comfort comes from what's easy. Mm-hmm. Right? It was easy to be in the street. It was easy to share needles instead of going to Walgreens, looking the lady in the face, acting like you were a diabetic. And right. it, it, was, All that. it was theoretically easier. Yes. One than for going I mean, the hassle of stealing something from Walgreens or. Buying them or sure. whatever the you know it, it it's like here, here it from you versus making any sort of effort, effort. It's easier. Mm-hmm. So comfort comes from what's easy, and we allow ourselves because our brain is a prediction model. So if we know what's going to happen, that's easier on our brain. So we know what the heroin or the meth is going to do. So we don't have to worry about it. Like I know I want to be up for five days when I snort two grams of meth. Woo. What? Right? Like, I know what's coming, so and I don't got to think about it anymore. It's, it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> but we think that it is, right? But Be it careful. feels easy because you can predict the future with it. And yeah. what comes from discomfort is not being able to predict what's about to happen. That's what makes things hard. Like, we want to know what's next. So you knew the results coming from what you were doing in the morning, and you were feeling them. And as soon as they started to dwindle and the results didn't feel as powerful... Mm-hmm. 
now is when you really start to feel the results because you got to, the point of it was to push. Push. And as soon as you don't have to push anymore, everything else gets in the way, but that's when you're really supposed to push. Right. That's that second push. Like I, the excitement will get, you can get anything to move. It's keeping it moving. Momentum. That's why right? a lot of, a lot of these motivational oh, speakers are saying that motivation, I mean, it's, it's temporary. It's fleeting. It's, it, it's sometimes yeah, yeah. instantaneous. It lasts for a moment, but what happens when, when you don't feel inspired anymore? Like I, I could, I could talk really eloquently and inspire you and light a fire in your ass. And then I'm done talking and you go right back to doing what you've always done. And I say I could be motivated. I could watch these YouTube videos or listen to a powerful preacher, and man, in that moment, my feelings got me on fire. But really, what matters is the discipline when the feelings are gone, and, it, and you know, it's just. Well, it's, that's the thing. It's not. Um, it doesn't matter if I can inspire you if you can't inspire yourself. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what I say to you. I might be able to give you a tool, but if you don't know how to pick it up and use it, it doesn't matter, right? So it's, that's the difference. Like they, they've done statistics on this before where the majority of people that go to these motivational things are usually in a slump of some sort or they want something more. They have an aha moment. And I think it's around 5% of people. I think that's high. I'm being generous. Yeah. Use it and actually do something with it. It's because I admire your kindness. Their intentions were wrong from the jump, right? Well, and this is where like we they say. were waiting. I'm waiting for you to fix my problems. Right, yeah. right. You're, everything's backwards from, I think we live our lives backwards. We're all waiting for all this crap outside to do something for us versus us doing something for ourselves and creating the cause. Like the cause and effect factor is we're supposed to be the cause that creates the effect. And that's very difficult to do. I think because you got to look for it, you got to be aware of it, you got to understand it, you got to know how to do it. Understanding and knowing are two different things. Absolutely. And, it's hard. I mean, doing this every day is hard. I don't get the same results out of the shower. I do it anyways. Right. Why? Because I know why I started and I'm a man of my word. So and I'm you committed. doing it. Right. You it's, committed. It's that simple. Like, I don't need that excitement. I'm driven by something different. Long-term effect. I've already done the short-term shit for way too long. Right. It never got me. Playing the long game. Right. You have to play the long game. And I, I think this is where it, it comes back to the fact that we've always said this. This is, And this is, you know, again, knowledge versus action is two different things. But you don't get what you want. And that's kind of what you want. You want that result. You want that 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 benefit. You want this. I mean, you want to feel better. You want to feel better. But you get what you are. Right. So instead of trying to change and fix all this and doing something for this effect or doing something for this outcome, you need to, we that's why we always say we gotta focus on changing this. Like you just said, you don't do it for that anymore. You don't do it for that benefit or that effect. You do it because that's what you that's who you are. And you said you were gonna do something. That's the commitment that I'm you made. I'm doing it because I know what I'm doing and that's what matters. I'm telling my body and my brain to listen to me because I don't wanna do it. Yes. So when I take control that's what I'm doing. It's not about the cold water. It's about me forcing myself to do something that I really don't want to do at five o'clock in the morning when it's one degree outside. <laughs> See, and we always say you get you get what you are. You don't get what you want. And I'm an asshole, so I get shit. <laughs> that's fair. No, if you don't that like is, that is fair. If you don't like what you what you are, you, that's where you got to start doing these things. Getting very. And that's what we saw about getting very uncomfortable. Get comfortable being very uncomfortable because I'm comfortable doing all the things that get me nowhere. I'm comfortable, like what you said, in the alleyway, shooting up in in a bar, and I'm comfortable sleeping in. I'm comfortable not taking care of, you know, being a. I'm comfortable that pig is my spirit animal mm -hmm. because I, I'm I'm naturally really doing anything is uncomfortable. 
anything that's productive. Isolation, anything that's good for you. Isolation is very comfortable. And For it's, sure. It's very sick. You know, yeah. that's that's where the dogs start barking and having their way with you. That's where mental health... Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. The dogs have their way with you? Not not my dogs. These dogs. Like the, uh, oh, the, the dogs, dogs inside your, uh, your head. The demons. Gotcha. The demons yeah. in our heads yeah. that, that, that more often than not don't really <laughs> exist, right? I was somewhere. Bad. You always do. Yeah, my God. And we're still a radio show, but... <laughs> You'll catch on. I will. I'm so, yeah, slower. like the, the comfort level that if we're talking about like bad relationships, right? That, that's a big one. All right. Right. And we were talking about, we were actually talking about this last week where I get comfortable because, well, I know he hurts me, but I know he won't kill me. So yeah. it's okay. A black guy will heal. Well, then, I don't really, he pays my bills. Like, well, they, you justify all these things because you just don't want to go get what you want in life because you're, being provided for in some form or fashion by comfort because I know what this pain feels like, so I'm okay with living in it because it's predictable to me. Yeah. Not only that, it's like it, it's going to be so much harder to get out of that situation and then have to do these things, all these number of multitude of things that you have to do in order to get yourself set up. Well, it's fear you know, of the unknown. That's basically, I know yeah. this. I'm used to this. Um, it's not and, that bad. And even abuse... And this, as sick as this sounds, abuse is attention. You know, even abuse, uh, and a lot of people that are abused, you know, he abuses me, but he loves me. And some people don't know how to distinguish the difference. Some people uh, from backgrounds of abuse, they think that that's what love is. So I'm here, I'm in this, it's uh -huh. what I'm known for however long. And to get out of it is that big abyss that 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 world of the unknown to step out in fear, you know, regardless, regardless of how bad this is, what's that going to be? And that's that's just like with the <clears throat> getting into recovery and coming out of a drug addiction, you know, and and the lifestyle that comes with that. Like, it's you know, you get comfortable being, you know, and that's the thing. Like, that's why I always say that pain is the price of admission, and I don't mean just a little bit of pain. For me, I I, I might. Like you got, you say this all the time. My my threshold for pain is just immeasurable sometimes, right? So that's why it took me until thirty five years of age, in and out of jail, in and out of prison, in and out of toxic relationships, hospitals, and all these out of the streets, sleeping outside, all these things. But finally, there was a point where I had enough pain that I was I was willing to do whatever it took. I was willing to surrender. And that's the thing. I, I think it ha has to happen in anything. Like you've got to surrender and say, you know what? This isn't working for me. Anymore. Yeah. But again, I'm going to push back on that too. It doesn't have to be. No, you're right. That's the point that I like. I'm comfortable in my life. I got plenty of money. I don't look at my bank account. I'm not filthy rich. I well, go ahead to, and rub it in. I asshole. just know how to live my life. Right. <laughs> like, I have a great job. I got a great wife. We have a great relationship. My Chris is going to ask you for a loan after the show. <laughs> right? Like, everything makes sense to me, but I still push. I still get uncomfortable. It doesn't have to be pain. Okay. All right. So, for the me. The problem is we then make a new comfort. Like, okay, well, I got out of that, and so now I'm good. And then you don't continue to grow. If what? you want to grow, measure yourself in 10 years. Who's my hero in 10 years? And you keep chasing that person. So, yeah. you're never going to catch them. But you never stop chasing them. And I think that's what Brian said at the beginning is complacency. Because we get complacent we get complacent in the toxic, 
lifestyle that we're in. Right. And then we get out of that toxic lifestyle into, let's just say recovery, because I'm in recovery. That's what we uh-huh. talk about a lot. So you, so you get into recovery, which is an incredible day and night change. You have to go through all kinds of things. And then you get, you plateau. And then you get comfortable in that. And now you yeah. think you've got a grip on your addiction, right? Like, and then, oh, like I've done this a hundred times. When it, it can like, happen in any area it, of our life. Right. It, it can happen in your job. Right. If you're do what you're doing is good enough to pass the bar. Say, say you go into a company Bare and minimum. you bust your ass. You show up early. You stay late. You've got something to prove. You want to advance. You get a couple promotions. Um, you're you're doing great. Um, but are you doing your best? And when you went in, you was. You was pushing yourself to your extremes. But at some point, I think it's human nature to do what is expected. You get plateaued. Yeah. It, it happens in fitness. People don't like to be told what to do, but they do what they're told. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my wife said that to me once, and I was like, yeah. uh, Wait. Uh, I do what I'm told. Shut up. Like, it's just <laughs> true. He's like, I can't figure out anything. I'm not really sure if I could wrap my brain around that. Well, I was thinking. Am I supposed to say something? Well, I was just thinking when we come in here, Chris is like, where are you sitting? And I I jokingly said, wherever I'm told. And I sat down right there. And then Marty came in and said, sit there. And I got up and sat. And so when you said they do what they're told, I just shut up. I I hate all of you. But like, it's just a fact, right? And so people get to a comfort level. Right. And so they, again, I challenge everybody. You talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Maybe it was last week where it's like, you're happy making $40,000 a year because you get to go see your kids all the time. And that's great. I understand that. But are you genuinely happy? That's like, what I was going to say. You have bigger dreams. I guarantee it. And what are you teaching your children? That to this come, is okay? To settle. And some would that even, a linear life form is just settle. fine? And settle. some would sure. even say that we, we have inherently in us from birth um greatness in us yeah so if we're not if we're not striving and pushing ourselves to that are we is it possible that we're going to be happy if we're not uh, striving to fulfill our potential then obviously there's something within us that's going to die and i would think that a bifactor of that would be misery Mm -hmm. so that that would be my question to somebody that's uh, you know this is enough and that's great if they are genuinely happy. I mean, I'm sure there's people out there yeah, who it, are it, genuinely happy. And it doesn't know. have nothing to do with the money. No. But it, it's... it's Balance. A, yeah. It's are you happy. And there needs to be some. I get that. But even to maintain that happiness requires some kind of push. For sure. <laughs> well, for me, for me, guys, it's it's just, it's this. like, And I think this is key to having a, a successful, and I don't mean monetary, a successful life. And successful to me means happy. It means joyful. It means content. It means. But I think the key is having, finding, first off, finding a purpose. What is your purpose? If your purpose and you feel that it's the right purpose that God give you, that your higher power giving you, that the universe is giving you. I think everybody has these gifts. Which one is it, asshole? You decide. No. All, all of them. You decide, right? All I mean, that's, that's, I'll, I'll leave that open to you. But I think we're all blessed. Crazy that you had to list all three of those. Can't, can't they all just... Well, just, if I do that, if I don't that do that, somebody gets blanket? offended. <laughs> Somebody's going to get offended. Like You're he said so the word 2022. Well, you Thought know. you was talking hard, you sensitive pansy. Well, <laughs> I, I, here's the thing is I'm good with it. Like, it's God to me. It doesn't have to be to you. Well, I'm cool uh, with that. You can live in that space. That's not my cross to bear, right? Like, that's not my problem. And I'm not saying it's yours. If you believe it's not a problem, cool. Live your life. Well, for me, if, for me, if you're really trying not to fit anybody, you need to make a longer list. <laughs> 
universe, higher power, God. Let me tell you. There's more. There's so much more. For me, it's the universe, right? It's for me, it's the universe. It has above, so below, all things connected with that. But back to my point is we're all inept with a gift, a gift. Something in us was given by by Buddha for all I give a shit, right? Something in us was given, right? And it's something that we're that we're naturally good at. It's something that we don't have to strive too hard to to be good at. It's not, you know, it's not something we have to work for or grind for or anything. We have a gift. And I think life is to the ability to find that purpose, that gift and then go after it and really hone it in and really like that if you can if you can do your job a job that is in line with your purpose. And I think and your purpose could be to be a father for all I care. It might just be what you're inept to do. If you got you know? kids, you better freaking hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only that, you better provide yeah. <laughs> too. So you better find another purpose. But, you know, I, and I think once you can get in line with your purpose, like every, every day, like I haven't had a bad day in, ye- I don't remember the last time. I, Cause I feel like Let's I'm see. in line. I'm going to challenge you. Again. When he oh, says, he when he says I'm he hasn't had it. a bad day in years, I take that like a personal challenge. <laughs> I'm going to bring one to you. You, copy you bring prick. it, babe. Cause I live in the, in the motto. It is what it is. Absolutely. Cause I'm dangerous. Again, From I'm the gonna... outside looking in, I've seen him have several bad days. I have, in the last ba- I have bad moments. <laughs> I do, but you know, go ahead. What's your I, challenge? I'm going to challenge you. Here, here he goes. I don't care what talent you have, you still got to work for it because you need to take it and move with it, right? It's like basketball players aren't just naturally that good. They learned that they had a passion for it and then had to grow to become professional level. So what I think we're on just different pages in communicating this is you know what you want, right? Like you have a purpose in life. I feel like my purpose in life is helping people. I think that's everybody's purpose. But damn it, if Mm. I don't have to work towards it. Well, what I mean by that is like I have different connections with people than a lot of people have because of like an empath or some people just don't like people. Like that's just a fact of some people. You have different gifts. (laughs) (laughs) But I've had to work a lot for it, right? Like I'm reading books that I don't really want to read and Marty just (laughs) I think I think everybody's saying the same thing. Yeah, it, it all makes sense. Absolutely, you got to work on your gifts and your talents. And well, first, and, first thing is becoming aware of what it is. Yeah. What well, is it pattern that I'm, recognition? What we is talked it? about this. Yes. You got to be aware of the patterns. If something keeps coming up in your life that you keep finding yourself drawn to, that's it. Like that's I said, I was drawn to the that's life the coaching thing before it was ever even a thing. This was like 15 years ago. I somebody mentioned it, and I was like, "Yeah, I get that." Like you got to go through it before you can teach it, and I've been through it and even more since then. Right. So well, I think but the it unha- kept coming back. I think the unhappiness is going is going after things that you're not that's not for you. Well, because and, we're chasing and, the Joneses most of the time. Money. Most of the time, you're right. It's going after and, and, and it comes back to that complacency thing. It's like you're doing this and you you've got everything's prov- you know, everything's working out, like you, you're providing for your family, you you're going to job nine to five, you're homebound the weekends for your kids, you're home in the evenings for your kids, and that, that's all great. But it I I'm just agreeing with you that if you're not living your life in purpose eventually the complacency is going to sit in the misery eventually uh, you know you're going to find yourself not happy not joyful and that's the thing becoming aware of your purpose and then hyper focusing on that quit worrying about shit you're not good at 
quit quit trying to fix things that you're absolutely not good at and you've tried a few times it just uh it's it, you don't like it it's un, it's just nasty to you and you can't you hyper focus on what you're good at forget about the rest that's, that's how i feel about when things break down around the house i'm just, I don't know what I, I don't know what he would do without his no, wife. Yeah, uh, I'm blessed. You know, you do that while I focus on my purpose. <laughs> no, uh, and, She's and, like, babe, the 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 refrigerator went out. Let not me my put, thing. Let me put this. <laughs> it's not. Not I, my thing. Grab that yeah, shit and get it out of here. I got an app for that. Hold I on. would call somebody. Absolutely. Why am I? No way. It, let me save everybody. <laughs> the, no way. Let me save everybody the trouble of me uh, trying to figure this out. It's just don't look good let me put this let me put this spin on the conversation okay if everybody if there's martin luther king jr said there's no greater purpose in life than be of service to another human amen being. Yep. if we were all created to serve other human beings like i didn't know things about myself until we opened truman and i got put in a position of leadership pouring into men and started saying yes because i was told to say yes i started serving people and that's where i found out that i had gifts for it yeah, but here's the catcher. Okay, I yeah. gotta say this real quick. Don't forget your words. Uh, Truman House. What is the Truman House? Truman. <laughs> recovery homes for men in Terre Haute, Indiana. <laughs> so we have five recovery homes in Terre Haute, Indiana, for men in in recovery homes. We also work in treatment, and this is why we talk about recovery a lot. Because so if you or a loved one is struggling with addiction or alcoholism of any sort, you guys can message us. What is the uh, email they could message us at? It should be fans at talkhardfans.com. Fans at talkhardfans.com, and it's right down there. Chris is going to put it in the link. I will Go ahead. Bam. For you. So if we're all created to serve other people, but we all have different gifts and talents, like if you think about it, if, it doesn't matter if you're a barber like we talked about earlier or if you, uh, if you build an honest, hardworking lawn company. But your your goal is to go above and beyond to serve your customers. You do fair prices. You show up early, stay late. You do it really wonderfully well, and you get joy from it, and you bring joy to your customers. And that that's your gift. That's it, good. Yeah. You know, nobody knows what it is. But here's the thing. Here's the kicker about it, because you can start off serving people with the right motives, and then somewhere down the line, the motives switch. Mm -hmm. You lose for track. A lot of, of people. Yeah. Absolutely. And my theory, because I'm a Christian, and I, I do believe, not only because it, the Bible says this, but through my own life research, when you have this, these horrible tragedies, and you track them, usually if you go back far enough, it's the love of money. Mm. I'm not talking about, you know, I'm, I'm talking about the love, to where money becomes an idol. So, and, and a lot of people, if they're not if they're not nurturing their gifts and their talents or chasing their dreams, why why are they working? They're working because they have to pay their bills. Right. And, you know, try to be a good father mm -hmm. or do what society says you have to do. But they're not getting no fulfillment because they're not serving others. That's all they're chasing is that money. Right. And sometimes well, you most get, of the people that are doing that are broke. Yeah. Well, you could be broke. And still, uh, in this scenario... Well, no, what I mean is, yeah. it's just oh. a simple, it's just a mindset that we're talking about. Yeah. I'm saying most of the people that are doing that, you're, when you chase money, you'll never have enough. Your yeah. your your values switch, the things you want switch. Now I have enough for this car. Now I have enough for this car. It's the same paycheck to paycheck. It's just a different thing in front of you at that moment in time. Yeah. Versus, if your ultimate goal is to learn something and then give it back... When you add value to someone, money is the byproduct. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and you know that's just a, and it, it seems like a giant leap, but this it's the difference between selfish and selfless. Mm -hmm. 
It's really, you know, it's your perspective I, in it. But I, are you doing it? Are you doing it for selfish ambition? You know, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm giving to somebody in front of the whole in front of the whole room. So everybody Bible, sees the me. The Bible give. says, don't let then, your right hand know what your left hand does, right? There can be yeah. balance in that. Like, I selfishly learn as much as I can, and I sacrifice time from other things because selfishly, I want to learn. Selflessly, I give it away. Yeah. So there's balance in it. Sometimes you have to be selfish, right? Sometimes you have to learn Absolutely. how to sacrifice because I'm not going to sacrifice my happiness to try and make you happy because I can't. Yeah. That's not my job. I don't necessarily call that selfishness, though. That's self-preservation. That's just... I, no, I, okay. That's a can't pour from an empty cup. And if you're studying to learn because you have a desire to teach, then your motives aren't selfish. Like like me... Yeah, you have to... If you have to cut yourself off from pe- certain people and become incredibly... We'll just use this word for in, in this term is you become incredibly selfish because you don't need want to be around these certain people or you don't want to partake in what they're doing because you're being selfish right now in order to preserve you in order. But your motive is you're doing it as well. Your motive is to learn, to gain, to make these these gains in your life so that you can help other people, can do for other people, can show other people that there's a way. Right, I just you know, don't so want to shun the phrase everything. selfish. Like, right, but sometimes intentions. Sometimes it's semantics, right? We're just putting words right, on shit. Right, you're right. That's really what we're doing yeah. in theory, right? But what I'm saying is, is, like, some people will take that to the extreme because a selfish person is an arrogant asshole and all these things. It's or got, it's got us, yeah. that person is just trying to add value to them so they can give it to someone else, and you don't understand that, so you're thinking they're a selfish asshole. And then you're viewing me as selfish when in reality I'm saying you're right, but it's not because of what you're feeling. Your feelings aren't my problem. You think I'm a selfish asshole when in reality I'm being selfish for me so I can give back to many. So intention. It's all about intention. Yeah, again, it's the the context in which we put words into, right? I think that's one of the biggest problems we have in the world today is the context in which words are communicated and what how we've labeled and leveled everything Mm -hmm. to put superiority or lack thereof in all these things. And I just, my whole philosophy in life is simplify, analyze, execute. <laughs> just keep it simple, stupid, right? right Kiss, right. keep it simple, stupid. And I know I'm not allowed to say stupid, then you're stupid. So <laughs> this is just reality, right? Like, come on. If you're offended by that, then pick up hey, a that's book. The because shit I, I, got to, I that's, don't even know who you are. And you think if I'm you're offended you by that, the sad truth of it is you're offended by a lot of things. Right. Well, that's the thing too. I got I got told that several times. Keep it simple, stupid. When right. I was in earlier in, in early recovery, like it's pushed on you. You have to be selfish. You have to push people away. You have to cut your family members off. You can't, you know what? You can't be a father right now. You're going to have to be selfish and push your kids away and push your wife away, push your husband away because it's time to work on you. So you're going to have to be selfish. And in and, and the eyes of them, that seems selfish. Right. But you're doing it for, your intentions are to be selfish, to learn, to grow, to acquire, to do these things so that I can be selfless again and be a f- good father, be well, a good and husband. And not again, maybe for the first time. That's maybe it, for the first that's time. That's just it from their perspective. It feels selfish. Like, how dare you? It's actually the only decent thing you can do because when you, if you're like me, when you got into the tables of recovery, into the rooms of recovery, I had nothing to give anybody. I was a parasite. I was a leech. I didn't have nothing to offer my daughter, my mother, anything to offer to the human race. So for me to step back away from all that and, and work on what was wrong on the inside was really the only thing selfless I could do. Right. And it's, it's imperative that you do that. 
You know what I mean? It is. It's imperative that we take that time because there's so many, so many people just like you. And I know I was the same. We get sober, we get in recovery. We got 10 days, we got 30 days. We got, we got 90 days in recovery. And all of a sudden we want to start being a father again or a husband again or a wife again. Right. And we have, and just like you said, pouring from an empty cup is what we would be doing at that point. Cause it's all frivolous. Like I want to be a father, bro. You have no idea how to do that yet. Only thing that you're doing is wanting something to make you feel better. I want to feel better, so I need my kids in my life to make me feel better. No, that's selfish. Yeah. That's a selfish m- m- uh, mindset. Like, because you are, you don't deserve it. By the way, you just yeah. been using drugs for the last ten years. You've been in and out of jails and hospitals, not there for your kids. You're gonna take a little time. You're gonna take a little time, disconnect from all that, and we're gonna work on you, so that when you do come back around, you have the tools that you're, that's necessary to become a father, to become a mother. That, again, to me, that goes way. We were talking about this again last week. I think addiction is, is way it. deeper, is way deeper than the drugs, the alcohol, no, and, and basic things yes. with with work addictions, with attention addictions, with a lot of other things where you're using the outside world to fulfill something inside Absolutely. because you have something going on inside of you that you need to fix. My biggest solution with my addiction was I stopped battling the bullshit. That was going on outside of me, the drugs, the everything I was blaming, and I started battling what was really going on in here. Like, yep. why do I feel this way, right? Do these demons really exist? Okay, prove it, right? Like, again, I'm the worst case scenario. You look at my wife, and I think you want to f- her. Excuse my language, but that's where <laughs> my mindset was, right? Like, I'm insecure in that way because I'm just imagining the worst case scenario because it's happened to me. Yeah. Like, I've met a dude who... Later, I caught with my chick and thought I was meeting her friend at the time. Not his current wife, by the way. No, definitely not my current (laughs) wife. Disclaimer. What I'm saying is it's happened to me in the past with other experiences. This is when it came to my wife, and that is now my all. It's scary. Well, you came with baggage. So, And I came with a lot of baggage, but she knew it, and I put it up there from the front. We've talked about that, too. But my point is, it's like... It was carry-on luggage. (laughs) (laughs) Hell no. It was checked bags, and I left it at the airport. (laughs) So going into like going just past addiction, right? Going into just like base level, if you want to call it that, this is just semantics, people. Like if you're listening and you're not struggling with addiction, but you're still struggling with these things. Everybody's got addiction of some sort. Looking outside of you for something. Like there's a psychologist out there I've been watching a lot about that is speaking a lot about you don't know what's best for your kids. You understand what might get them into trouble. But you don't know what's best for them. There's a lot of parents that make their kids do sports, that make their kids do things, and they don't understand because them it's beauty best. pageant it's things. It's best for oh them, right? God. Like, I'm teaching them how to grow. I know what's best. No, you don't. You don't know what your kid is going through, and you've never allowed the space for them to speak to you in the way that they want. Like, let your kids explore. Let your kids try different sports or no no sports at all. So like, you're saying I should let them out of the closet? Yes. Uh, they've been in there for a week. Just a couple of times. Uh, disclaimer, that's not the truth. Just a couple of times. <laughs> disclaimer, everyone. Uh, no, but what about these beauty pageant moms and dads? Oh, my God. It's on the extreme on every level, that's right? Because extreme. we're going to, we're, we need to provide structure Lady or dude, you have no structure in your own life. You're not providing your child with anything. You need to provide for you. And again, just like adding value, the byproduct of that is going to be your kid will understand that based on what they see, not what you force them to do. Yeah. I, I think kids I, learn like 70% of what they learn from watching their parents. Right. Not know? from told, not from being told. Yeah. No. And I think, I think to be 
like what I, my son just recently moved in with me at 15 and I want to put he's in the closet <laughs> <laughs> no literally like I wanted I want him to have the um ability and the opportunities to try about everything you know I want to get him in like I we're gonna try jujitsu right we're gonna get him into that if if you know a month down the road it's just it's just not what he you know you're gonna know pretty quickly if you get him in that class and they start Oh man, this you come home and they're excited. So my question is, was this his idea? No, no, no. These are my ideas, right? I'm offering ideas to him. I was like, "What do you think about this?" What are his ideas? He's like, I, "So I offer the idea, like, hey man, it's winter time. There's no basketball. There's no football. There's no this and that because he loves sports." Mm-hmm. I said, "Well, it's winter time. Why don't we try? Want to try jujitsu?" He's like, "Okay, yeah, we'll give it a shot." He likes the idea of being able to kick your ass. <laughs> And I like jujitsu because it's a lot to do with discipline. It's a lot to do with mindset. You right. Know? So again, I'm going to challenge you as a dad, and in a in different instance, how about what would you like to do? I, I and that was the conversation. Okay. But I think that's did it. You just though. Say, I don't know. I think that's the it though is offering, like, because a, a child will just sit there and just I want to. Oh no, a child will just sit there and be like, oh, no, no. See, you say no. Me. Hey, you want to do piano lessons? You want to do you want to do ballerina? You want to do jiu-jitsu? You want to do karate? You know, you, I want to be able to have him to ha- know that he has opportunities. Like, well, I never really thought about doing that. I've never thought about doing that. Because really all kids think about doing is what the school would offer, right? You know, and, and what, they're, what they're programmed. Like, everybody's got to play football. You got to cheerleader. You got to do this. Well, okay, well, we can think outside the box. We have all these other opportunities out here. We got all these other courses and classes you can take and do. You want to take up woodworking. You want to, you want to whittle a stick into a boat. Out of Beachwood. Let's, See, let's was, do it. I, you know? stuff I just that... want you to try things. Like, I feel like a lot of the talent that's going on in the world, the 20-somethings, 30-something-year-olds, is, is kids that have tried a, a hundred different things right. and found something. And like, holy shit, they're, I, I love this. This is great. Well, what if... Hypothetically speaking, you can't put your you, kids in the closet. You, you just can't. <laughs> well, say you open the closet door and okay. yell, "What is it you want to do?" Uh-huh. And they say, "Play video games." Okay, and you shut the door. Ask <laughs> them why. My question would be why. Like, what are you? What is? What is it doing for your life? Like, why? Because you want to escape reality. Like, I'm. If you're trying to play a video game because that is your genuine passion, there are kids out there that are making stupid money and loving their lives and and genuinely... Absolutely. Like, if you look at video games... Very rare. I'm not saying it's it's not not rare, rare. but I'm saying it, it doesn't matter if it's rare or not. The rare people are the elite, right? Meaning the people that have understood their passion and gone for it. And the only way... Now, if they think it's their passion... Again, we're talking about variables... Explain it to me. Like, let's have a conversation. My point to this is, is when something is suggested to you from a parental figure, it's often accepted. You want to try? There's a little pressure, too. It's like, hey, I kind of want you to do this, and I want you to give it a shot. I suggested the closet, and I I have to be honest, I had to drag (laughs) them kicking and screaming. They were not going. And I I like your, I like your, because, again, I think a lot of parents fail in thinking that their kid is underneath them and they don't because we have we talk about open lines of communication in relationships uh-huh. you uh, communication is is going to settle a lot of your problems in any type of relationship that you have whether it be a work relationship a friendship uh, is a this me from other. now on you're going to answer when i text you <clears throat> yeah asshole no <clears throat> i prioritize <laughs> all texting no. <laughs> and uh well, no but i, I think meditating <laughs> i'm in the shower 
You, you no, like you're having that communication. Though. You like, just hey. told the whole world that I'm not a priority to you. How I, is that healthy communicating to your best friend? Listen, now, bro. You're not the freaking truth. hypocrite. Listen, At least bro. you have the truth. God, no, I want to. I, I want to put this in context because it's I. You know how the screen pops up with the first part of the the sentence, and it says something about in, investing in bully dogs, and I'm like, that's not really a priority for you me. You read that one? I, I, you I, read that one? Oh, what was the next one then? I don't know. It was a picture or something. It, <laughs> it was, was a picture a, of dogs. No, it was a picture of us. He's such a jerk. This relationship's over. <laughs> I'm glad we're finally communicating. Yes, here we go. It was a Facebook memory, Life you therapy. son of a bitch. <laughs> so, no, my, my point to this God is... God love you. You're talking about open forms of communication. Yeah. So, like you said, it was like, no, I selfishly want him to try it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Not saying that's a bad thing, but I wouldn't say that's a good thing. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, but your opinion doesn't matter right now. <laughs> See, because you're going against me. <laughs> because I would, I would instead challenge him to find something that he wants to do rather than suggest it, or pay him <clears throat> to go. <laughs> pretty much do. Pretty much do. <laughs> Definitely going in the wrong I'm direction. Playing the devil, <laughs> I'm playing the devil's advocate. My kids aren't in the closet. Come on, guys. See, there, you know, my son is is very into video games. He's very like he he's good at it. And he has such a passion for it. Like, he could be probably one of those kids that gets paid a lot of money to, to play video games, right? But I, I want him to broaden his... I want him to do other things, too. I, you know, I, will I... Do I help him video game? Absolutely. Do I buy his stuff? Yes. Do okay, I let, so allow then, him to do it? Yes. I heard you could learn jiu-jitsu in the uh, metaverse. Yeah. Uh, as I, uh, so, uh, in this uh, world, uh, my conversation would be, if video games disappeared tomorrow, what would you do? That's a good conversation. YouTube, too? <laughs> I'm just thinking what my boys would say. <laughs> I would fair. watch people I'm play joking. No, that's fair. To the extreme, so but I'm we'll, being a little we'll, bit we'll go, we'll go all the way to the extreme. What if we lost Wi-Fi, internet, computers? I'm seriously contemplating doing that experiment like, in my house if, just to watch them squirm. What if we... Because it could happen, right? And then what do you have, right? We were so dependent on technology. Yeah. What happens when it fails? Because it can, and as people have seen it, it will in a lot of occasions. Then you got nowhere to send your kids when they're bouncing off the wall and, hey, dad, hey, what, hey, what, hey, what? What are you talking about? You send uh, them outside. So here, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. So here's really the downfall. YouTube is our nanny. I was going to say, here's the downfall. Not only Don't are you judge kids, me like you're yeah, some kind No, no, I get it. Listen, I had, I had my grandkids last night, right? So, and they, they got them little, uh, what, what, I don't know. iPads. Well, Tablets, their little Nintendo deals, whatever they Switch. are. I just want Switch. to say Thank one you. thing real quick, Grandpa um, Marty. That's mm, it. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a grandpa. Yep. I'm a grampy. I'm grandpappy. Okay. But anyway, but anyways, go ahead. So you thanks had your grandkids for that. last night. Yep, you will be too grandpa. one day. No, I don't know how many kids. <laughs> your wife has kids. That's she's gonna be grandma. I'm still gonna be stepdad. <laughs> oh. uh, you'll know, be married to a grandma. Yeah, you ask, cool. If you ask the kids if that's what they want, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you bothered to even ask your kids? Communication, man. Like, hey, do you want to be born yet? I mean, I haven't met you're them. looking at no, your private. I mean, they might be out there. I just haven't met them yet. <sighs> so, it's a one thing that. They came in and the very you know, had those things in their hands and they were just like, "Where the Wi-Fi isn't on?" And like they were like in their head losing their shit. I'm like, I, I was like, oh, you know, when I was a kid, we didn't have Wi-Fi." <laughs> and they looked at me like I had punched Santa Claus. They were just like, "What?" 
Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, if you want to see it, like, they, they don't know any difference. No. So that is the end of the world to them because right. they've never had any other as form soon of as entertainment. Because we do that in our house, sometimes just randomly and sometimes as a form of punishment. No Xbox, no YouTube. And if you want to see a child of today's age get uncomfortable, as we was talking about, <laughs> remove that. They literally, their motor skills, they lose it. They don't know what to do. I think I, I think if I could start over as a parent, you would have X amount of time per day on Wi-Fi of any sort. What we're doing now is you have to earn it. That's what I my like dad that. did. I like that. AOL was a big thing when I was like 15. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Dude, I'm you should, dial up. Okay, grandpappy. <laughs> you should be a grandpa. Like, this was like, this is how I learned how to type. Uh, was AOL. getting on those chat rooms and... Being a little 15-year-old pimp, not even going to lie. I could talk to seven different women at once, and none of them knew what was going on. It was amazing. So <laughs> he's still does naked. that. Hey, he's 15-year-old, like, sitting naked in a beanbag chair with Cheetos all over him, yes. by the way. Yes, well, no, I was still in a normal chair because the beanbag wouldn't, the cord wasn't long enough. We didn't have wireless yet, right? So I'm talking like hardcore. <laughs> yeah. You could like hear. Still naked with Cheetos. Like it sounded like a machine gun going off as I'm clicking on this keyboard because that's how old this thing is. But Rant. point being, I had to earn it. And my punishment with no good grades and all these other things was, you know, that was my, that was my way to reach the outside world without having a license. And my brothers wouldn't take me anywhere. So my way to outside world besides my friends that were just in our little neighborhood was that. And so I did become addicted to it on many levels and was very good at it. I I mean, (laughs) very good at it. I really built, and I still have a lot of those friends today. That's the crazy part. We had this Orange County chat room and I probably still have 15 or 20 friends from that moment because we all experienced like the growth of the internet together and we one day were like let's all have a party let's go to let's go to myspace the stupidest thing you could do i hear you just say you you actually created you you created facebook no (laughs) myspace that's social clearly i messed up the facebook (laughs) because i misunderstood it and wrote shit on my face i had it all backwards the first time i heard it but i was on a lot of drugs that's my excuse but it was a punishment like you're you're cut off yeah. And it existed further. You're cut off from AOL and the outside to your bedroom, right? But that instilled like a line in the sand for me where I had to understand that this was a privilege, yeah, not a right. It it's is how not the my world, right. The world works on, on punishment and reward. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, consequences. Your negative behaviors will have consequences. If you don't take care of your, if you don't take the trash out, Nine if sports. you don't, you know, and good behavior. I think the problem here is, you, I was trying to get on the topic earlier. The problem here is like, we talk about these kids who are spending their life on YouTube or video games, but the real problem is the parents who don't want to spend time with their kids. And so like, here, just take this and go yeah. take this Nintendo switch and go upstairs, go. And that's what it is. That's where it boils down to. And said, here, give me the Nintendo Switch. Get in Switch. your closet. <laughs> Without the Nintendo Switch. Right. They don't want them making a mess <laughs> in the house, cruel. right? Like, now you're not making messes in the house with your Lincoln Logs and all these other fun things that you, we had. Like, I learned how to build a damn Tonka house trunks. when I was five years old. Tonka trunks. But they were everywhere, right? And so, when someone, I hear a parent say that, I'm like, then make them clean it up. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's I, what comes after playing well, with your stuff. You I clean love, it up. I love that stuff, but I have to be a realist. Like kids today, because probably because of, of all the digital advancements, like they, when you take the electronics away, it's not like they start, oh, let's get out the Legos. And they start being creative and playing with their toys like we used to. The creativity and make-believe part's just not there. So generally, <laughs> if you take away the YouTube and the Nintendo, what you hear is, 
Stop! Would you stop touching me? Would you stop touching me? Dad! Would you stop touching me? I wouldn't sit there. Well, Dad! And here, what do they have access to? Huh? And here's the dad. Do they have access here, to closet. any other... <laughs> <laughs> and here's the dad saying, you know what? I'm not putting up with this shit. Take the Nintendo back. I'm done. No, I'm old school. It's go outside. But it's cold. I don't care. I need my jacket. It's Get not, outside. It's not cold when you run, right? Yeah, like, like, coat. No, you yeah. don't. Where's your Nintendo? <laughs> I will be realistic. We just did this yesterday. We got we got a whole truckload of pea gravel to put into the dog kennels in the back, and it was dumped out, and it needs spread around. So I did the majority of it, but before it was wait, done, wait, 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 you did? Yeah, me and Sam. Okay, Sam and, did. And so Sam then did. I, lo- I looked at did. her and I said, I feel like we're cheating the boys if uh-huh. we don't at least let them be a part of this. And we both agreed, so we left them out there. So I sent our three children out there to go and spread pea gravel around. Mm-hmm. I looked out about 15 minutes later, and it it was pretty cold yesterday. Two of them... He's got them two, out there two with no them, coats. Well, no, listen, listen, no, listen, no, they have their snow outfits on, but I look out, and there's two kids sitting on the ground without their shoes and socks, and the other kid has got not a shovel, but a pooper scooper, Scooping up pea gravel and winging it at the other one's face. And I'm just like, they were doing everything except for completing the task game. You know, I went out there and showed them the proper way to do it. Come back in, same thing. And and when they came in, there's four pairs of socks in my dog kennel right now. Okay. And somehow they ended up barefoot. It looked like there was... Well, there's uh, only three kids. How is there four pairs of socks? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> there was some kid, kid buried in the two pea gravel. Pairs of socks on. There's a kid buried in the kennel un, under the pea gravel. Well, right sometimes now. the neighbor kids come over and <laughs> throw their they socks. end up in the closet yep. accidentally. It's like get in there. I, I want a disclaimer again. He does not put the kids in the closet. I promise Why does you. Everything have to have a disclaimer. Welcome like, to the American a society I'm gonna, I'm where gonna, everybody's. I'm gonna be the logical person here oh, because here we're go. clearly everywhere uh, we are. but i'm gonna do it anyways it, it's all good but uh, what i'm saying is so you showed them and they said they understood yeah that doesn't mean they know how to do it yeah right the way i train people is first i do and you watch this is coming from a man who has no kids i'm by sending the way. them over he's gonna get a crack course <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to have kids to know how the psychology behind it works, oh my right? god like, I'm listen just, you take the shovel scoop throw it Understood. <laughs> Understood. Now, to you, that seems simple. To a seven-year-old, that may seem boring and... 12, 10, and 9. Okay. 12, 10, and 9-year-old. Look at his face. Look at his face. like, bro, they are 12. They got it. They How? understood. Hold on. And I'm not saying they didn't, but then you just left. Maybe they wanted to do it with you. Oh, this guy right like, here. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, there's more to it. Brian's going to kill rather you. Rather than just... No, I'm, I'm not being a he's dick coming, intentionally. Look at his face. He wants to come at you right now. <laughs> I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm trying to say, like, my dad had to teach me how to... Well, he didn't teach me how to ride a bike, but he had to teach me how to do a lot of other things. I was a stubborn little prick that hated my training wheels, so I learned how to ride by myself. I went Maybe, out there. I absolutely Anyways, knew that about you. So I knew but that. on a lot of things, my dad had to be very involved, right? And that was the joy. It was like, yeah, my dad could tell me how to change the alternator belt. I didn't give a shit. Absolutely. I wanted to do it with me, and I don't care if it's pea gravel. That's part of the experience. Oh, Giving them something to do got you there, Brian. is yeah. part of yeah. doing it with them. He has a point. He does. He has a point. Then when you ask them to do it next time, they understand why, and they have a different memory attached to it. I still don't think they didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> no, they understood. <laughs> yeah. They understood for sure, but they're not interested. Yeah. 
Well, here's the thing. Uh, no, 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 no. We got to marinate on that. They're throwing a fit. They're arguing, fighting. They're not doing their choice to the point where dad says, go outside and do this. And then I need to go out there and give them a super positive memory with their punishment. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I'm not having kids. (laughs) (laughs) So just so everybody who's thinking about having kids. Looking for his receipt right now. What's a return policy? (laughs) No, what you're saying is very valid. It it, it is. That's what I'm saying is what's missing today in a lot of aspects is like what we had. And I don't know your relationship with your parents. So I may just be assuming. I didn't have it. Like, <laughs> so, and again, right. which is technically, my dad worked a lot. Like, I didn't have a relationship with him the way I do now until much later in life. He worked 24-7 to provide for us a lot of times as a drug dealer until he got busted, and then it became something different. But he was not around is the point, right? And my mom was trying to help him all the time, so she wasn't around. So I learned a lot of what I was doing out with all the other neighborhood kids, which doesn't exist today. Yeah. So in the absence yeah. of that, as fathers... Not me, but if I were, I would be involved you, in that. Like what I do with my stepson. How do you stepson, keep excluding yourself from this? Well, I have a stepson, so I do help. And so when he well, wants to change the oil, right? It's a, it's like a father by adoption. Yeah, but like, also it's not step, the real kid. It's, it, <laughs> hey, his stepson's eighteen as well, too, right? He's twenty. Twenty now, but, yeah. So it's a little, he didn't get a chance. It is to different, right? Yeah, he was him. older when I met him. But the is point he is, off like, the chain because you keep trying to not take credit. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great kid. I just, yeah. like, I didn't raise him, so I can't. Like, I, don't, I will never see myself as a fatherly figure to him because I did not raise him. I bet. And I, bet. I will never take that away from my right. wife because she put in some hard work, and I will never take that from her gotcha. in any level regardless You're of what I think. You're a good dude. Amy, But in the absence of what we missed out as kids, you have to be that, right? For them to understand even how. Like, Sure, you could explain it to him. A shit ton of work for me. I understand that, <laughs> which is the point of growth, right? As we were talking about earlier, it's uncomfortable. And you're wait, 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 wait! I just had an epiphany, maybe uh, almost an awakening. I bet you there's a YouTube video on how to <laughs> shovel. <Jesus. laughs> Here, kids, watch. Here's your Nintendo Switch. We're shutting Switch. off your YouTube. I'm gonna go cut the damn. You're gonna lose all power, and you're gonna have to like learn how to make a fire in your house without burning the house down. I think me and Brian's been talking. Me and Kendrick's been talking about like living off. The, like if off. Like I am about four steps away from just totally shutting down and living off the grid anyway. So the shit that's going on on these social medias and, and the news and society is just like, man, I I would rather just live in the woods with no internet. A garden, some chickens, maybe even a spirit animal, a pig, you know? What? Wait, what good is a pig, though? I need a, I need a, I need a goat. I want some milk. See, and I love the challenge of all this chaos because I used to live in a world where chaos, like, ruined me, and now I'm driven by it. I get it. So I'm driven by all the madness that's going on with the media and all the people fighting and all this stuff. I'm like, that's all. Yeah, you guys have fun. I'm cool. Yeah. It's going on at work right now. There's a lot of chaos, and people keep coming at me with different things, and I just kind of, uh-huh. I get that, too. Okay. Now, let's think about the possible solution to that rather than let's just yell the problems, right? So I'm living my life like that because that's what makes sense for me. I'm not saying it makes sense for everybody, but it works for me. So I live that way. Inside my bubble. Right. Right. It's just like it's about what works for me because at the end of the day, I only get to answer to me. Right. And I'm the only person that can make me happy. And since I can't let somebody else try to make me happy unless I make myself happy, I got to be responsible for me at all times. And all this crap out here can get me very outside myself very fast. And 
don't get me wrong. I get caught up in the news sometimes where I'm just, I'm, my wife will just grab the remote and turn it off. Yeah, yeah. She's like, I get fired that. up, right? I and get she gets that. it. And I'm like, yeah, sometimes I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. It's, it's, it's easy. It's, it's a moment in time, though, not a... I live my life like that. It's a, it's really easy to get detoured sometimes oh, yeah. if you get because I I don't watch I I truth be told I don't pay a lot of attention to what's going on in the world I, I catch something on you know I I hear my news I get the news results from like a Facebook there's scroll. some and I, and I agree with this too like I don't, I don't have the news apps and stuff like that but there's some stuff it doesn't matter how much in your bubble you stay when you're told you have to wear a mask here and you have to get right. tested here and there's there's a lot of stuff that's going on today that affects everybody and yeah. I feel like it's moving a direction where there's going to be more and more to eventually you're going to have to make a choice you're either going to be part of or you going to have to step out well and you know there's a lot of good stuff going on right now people are you know we the people you know are and this is the thing i think uh and this is don't t- you put me in the same category as you this is te- teetering on you know what i can talk about and what i can't but i think that, you know i think the powers to be the the people who run the world not just this country <laughs> would have done their move a long time ago had it not been for we the people and the rights and and you know the second amendment and whatnot you know because they, they know that slowly. americans are going to fight back eventually <clears throat> we're going to have enough of the of the Half bs of us anyway you go into tony robbins but there's a, we're, we're eventually going to have yeah, enough and, and and we're going to stand up and the, the, there's a, a movement happening that i don't know too much about but the, the truckers do you know that they're getting ready to do that I don't even know what it's like. I've seen glimpses of it, or they're going to shut down and not not operate, right? So, and that's going to be this book. And, and I really feel like what they did to the nurses, it, you know, and, and people in the medical field about mandates and making them like that. If the truckers shut down. They're going to have to replace them quickly because it'll shut down our economy. Exactly. And the same with the nurses. If the nurses would have all stood up because so many nurses got fired, so many nurses were against it, and so many nurses took the took the vaccine even though they were against it. If they would have stood up and said, you know what, we're not doing it. Because we didn't make them take vaccines. They, like, they were on the front lines the whole time. Like, And then we're going to disrespect them by saying, all right, now, look, if you, if you want to take vaccines, awesome. That's your right. Do it. Do it twice. Do it 14 times. I don't care. But there are people who are totally against it, and they were forced to take it. And I, I think that that's wrong, you know? Well, And if, if everybody would have stood they up. They still given the option to keep their job or take it. That's not forced because you can quit your job. So I still disagree with the word forced because – well, you're gonna quit, but you you've spent X amount of years. It's still not a force. No, and, like, and I agree. You can always go get another job. There's a you can't get a nursing job. There. Something you went to school for for X amount of years. Like you've been your a, a registered nurse your whole then life. What your are you gonna do? Point. Then that wasn't your breaking point. Then you were just you were conforming because it made sense to you, not you were forced. There is there is force. A needle in your arm. It is there is a level of force when it comes to taking care of your family. Like I got, I am the only provider. I'm a registered nurse right. and I have to keep a job in order to keep my son and my daughter fed. And so you, or can't, I can quit so because the lady that's that my, works at Walmart can't take care of her kids. 
Not as well as a nurse can. As no. well financially? Yes. Now we're just talking about the level of what kind of stuff you want. You just spent you just spent the last 10 years of your life. I'm not disagreeing with taking, you. I'm just saying there are always other options, period. Hey, do, right. do we need But where does it stop? Hey, do we need to... Where does it no, stop? we're going to fight is about it. Is there something deeper? No, 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 no. Where, where does... If they, if they force uh, these things on, on nurses and the healthcare field and nobody stops it, where does it stop? It's going to keep going. It's going to keep going. It's going it to goes going. as far as we allow it to and, go. And that's my point. That's why. There's hence That's the my point is like, you in can't the woods. force me to do anything. You can force me into the woods. <laughs> yes. I don't want to hear about grid. your past and your crazy honey experience on the bear tree. <laughs> Woo, that was but. rough. Methamphetamines and bear hunting. That don't count. We're talking about. <laughs> Hashtag that, Chris. We're, so we're not talking about some meth-induced psychosis running out in the woods with no tents. We're talking or about clothes. a very planned, strategical, detached, self-sufficiency, off-the-grid living. Could you do it, Brian? Yes. Could you? Yeah, I don't think you realize how. Uh, I don't think I do either. Well, I'm not saying. I mean, well, the, here's my problem when you with say, it. Could here's... you do it? Could you throw me out in the middle of the woods with nothing now and me have the knowledge? That's different. Yeah. But with the books and the help right. and a group of people and right. some time, right? Yeah. But yeah. here, here's the other thing too. It's like I don't, I don't believe how addicted I am, and I don't just mean my phone. The phone's one thing. That's your life source. That's your. That's where you can get all your knowledge and and you can learn and you can grow. I'm not talking about just the phone. I'm talking about social media. Don't feel we don't. I don't know how attached because I didn't know how attached I was until I did this morning routine thing where I had to put it over there and said I'm not touching it, right? Because everything in me is wanting to grab that phone and check something, yeah. or look at something, or just aimlessly scroll, you know. And and, and that's addiction. Like I have this thing inside of me that's just driving me to pick it up. And I have to literally some several times in my morning, I have to say no more. I have to literally say it out loud. No, Marty, you're not doing it. So your that. addiction just needs to shift. You have to become more addicted to this than you are to this, but you're an addict I'm working whether on you it. like it or not. I'm working like, on right? it. Right? You just have to shift your addiction. It's not just you. In order for that, it to understand. He just described right. the, the majority Everybody. of society. Which is why I, I, I'm kind of doing this out here, and I keep talking about it. I keep bringing it up on right. the show. Is like, I know, like, if you are any less self-willed or self you got less strength than me like you're not going to make it there's no because it, it takes everything i got sometimes to tell myself out loud i think god nobody's around in the morning say no marty you're not touching the phone and uh, it, just just ahead it's okay to mess up sometimes and i and i have okay and i, and I have I, I literally have i'm messing up right now <laughs> i'm just saying like <laughs> i get what you're saying but like the mistakes are where we grow, right? So when you get back in the habit, but you're aware of it, and you're like, oh, dang it. Like, now I I'm think, off course. I, I need to get back on course. Just beating yourself up to the point of feeling like failure. Failure only exists on the expectations we set. Our mentality, Period. though. Here's here's what gets us. All or nothing. All in. Doing it. One mistake. Done. Yeah, All back that's in. That's bad, yeah. That's bad. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. just being aware and conscious, putting in an effort, sets you apart from the masses. And don't right? get me wrong, like... I, I have grabbed the phone. I have I'm like, oh crap, what am I doing? You know, mm -hmm. I've done that. But I also try to rationalize it. I grab my phone and just I don't. And social media is what's grabbing me. That's what's pulling me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not necessarily. But I'll grab my phone and I'm just looking at the text real quick. And then I'm like, okay, I'm just I'm on my phone. But I said I wasn't going to be on my phone. But I'm not on social media. But really, social media is my problem. It's not the phone. 
You know what I mean? So I'm, I, I'll I'll rationalize it, and then I'll look at those, and then I'll set it down. Well, just a text message was the original form of social media. <laughs> right. It was a different way for us to communicate, right? It's, it's, right. it's the same thing, just in different form. It's just yeah, there's a whole like, different there's like four texts. A whole different Your form, text for sure. Your text didn't get approval and likes and views. <laughs> and that's, what did, that's what we're looking <laughs> If it did, I'll bet text messaging would be way more addicting than they were. There's if your the text message right? got likes. Right. Like, yeah. if you could send out a mass text and have 15 people tell you they loved it, text messaging would be just as dangerous. Yeah. Agreed. Because you're sharing a message and you want something back from it, and this is where most people have a problem. You're giving something out there, and you want something from the outside world to make you feel a certain way when you need to figure out how to do that for yourself. And, and you so, do many that things. so you many things. So many different ways. Think about the awkward moments. Like, I remember in in Chicago, West Coast Chicago, I got to a point where I didn't have a phone. So then when I was on the L train, it really stuck out to me how I got this 30-minute ride on the L train. It's so compact, you can barely move, and everybody's doing this. Mm-hmm. You go into the doctor's office, that awkward 15, 20 minutes where you're waiting. I bet you if you go back 50 years, there's conversations going on in the lobby. Anywhere where there's an awkward moment or somebody's around people that they don't know, rather than engaging in conversations with from conversation to magazines, from magazines. Hold on, I was just getting ready to say that. Like, holy shit! You never get those. Like, there's always the same magazine. Facebook started as a People magazine. Yeah, but (laughs) yes, it 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 did, but it was nowhere near as you would still look up, and I feel more likely to engage in conversation. You know, they've done studies. Uh, of conversations when people got their phone sitting right there and they can prove that you're less engaged, less actively when you just by seeing your phone that you're only half listening and only half engaged because your phone's right there. Like you got to think because you're doing this every you're, you're it's a security. You're blanket. looking at it like I don't know what to say. I don't know you. I'm in a crowded place. I I'm feel awkward. weird. Yeah. This is comfort. I know this. This is my people. I can do this, and I don't have to look you in the eye, and I don't have to talk. That's so true. Well, it's a distraction like, I, I that makes you feel notice. like you're getting somewhere. Yeah. It's, an, it's, a, it's a distraction that feels like an accomplishment. Like sometimes point. when I'm driving down the highway, and I start to feel like, like say there's a, an accident, and, you're, and traffic's slowing down. Like I could totally forget I'm driving and just go in. And look up, and you got you got two hundred feet in front of you. It helps me drive. <laughs> Disclaimer: I, I just want to point out the fact that my phone is, uh, you know, crossing. And you've been right eyeballing now. it the entire podcast. Have I? Yes, his eye. Was, the only one eye keeps twitching that way. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, yeah. So. Real quick, I want to loop back around to something I was thinking about, but I've been working on active listening, so I didn't want to keep thinking about it. I just went on with the conversation. Look at him. Now that it's gotten back around to my head, when it comes to, like, the children and other things, and and somebody mentioned this on probably a YouTube channel that I was watching, (laughs) but um, it was like, if you needed to learn another language and I threw you in the other country with no translator, you'd learn that language real quick. Yep. But if I threw you out there with any crutch, you'd probably come back and have no idea how to speak the language. So when it comes to people, when we leave them no other option, this is what you do as a society. This is what we do. We know how to adapt, but we won't adapt when there are other options. Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing for me is I put myself in a position where I don't have a choice. 
That is the only option. Plan B is plan for failure. That's why plan B is such a popular pill for other people, (laughs) right? Like it's the plan for failure. So when you have that backup plan, you just let that one go. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Am I the only one that gets edited? No, I'm sponsored by plan B. (laughs) Clearly I have no children. He's like, <laughs> I got stock in yeah, Plan B, obviously. I have pallets of these things in my house. <laughs> um, but that's what I mean. Like, I, I learned a long time ago from a mentor, when you give yourself an exit plan, that's where you go. Yeah, Plan B is feather. There cannot be an exit. You want to take the island, burn the boats. Right. Ooh. That's exactly, oh. right? And then when we loop around to, like, talking about this stuff right now, I looked up the book. It's called, in this way, other people can look it up. It is called for principles for dealing with the change in the world order, right? Or changing the world. And I think it's changing the world order. I got to zoom in on this. I'm old now at this point. Principles for dealing with the changing world order. Wait a minute. That's, amazing a, that's book. a long name for a book. It's an amazing book, but what it talks about is the patterns, right? What is happening today is nothing new. I agree. This has happened multiple times in the world in different countries, in different forms, in different fashions. And how did it work out for them? So they say history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. Okay. Right? So it's not the same thing, but it has the same context to it. Like, it has a similar feel, but it's not the exact, right? Because history doesn't repeat itself. Lightning doesn't strike the same place twice, but it does strike a lot of places. So Mm. this philosophy behind this is this is nothing new. And if you really want to understand what's going on today and how to get ahead of it, you got to understand pattern recognition. So the key to success, according to Tony Robbins, is there's three different types of patterns. There's pattern recognition, there's pattern utilization, then there's pattern creation. So first you got to understand where the patterns are coming from, then you got to learn how to utilize them, and then you learn how to create them. And what society oftentimes doesn't do is learn how to create new patterns. And if we want to push back right now, we need to understand the pattern that's happening as a society and start to create a new pattern. But there's so much chaos going on and all I can do is worry about my pattern, right? So I'm going to worry about creating my pattern. If and, everybody did that. And if people catch on, cool. If not, not my problem. I can't worry about it anymore, which is why when you're like, I want to go off the grid, I want to be right in the middle of the madness because hopefully <laughs> my pattern will inspire others to learn how to recognize their own patterns and do that for them. And so if I went off grid, so I feel you'd like be I'm the just one giving we up. sent in to recruit yes. people. Yes. To come live with Back us on the continent. Yes. You can sponsor me. <laughs> I just want a turkey, a chicken, and like a cow. Done. Done. Every other month. You had me at turkey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not Here. at Thanksgiving. I just want it Here's because. the paper. Why do I need you to sign this contract? Right. Yeah. So this is what's happening right now and what we fail to do is utilize the information that we have in front of us. Again, I learned all this crap because of this thing. There's just balance to it. And like we've spoke about before, the lack of balance, because with great power comes great responsibility. And this is probably one of the most, I'm holding my phone for those that aren't watching powerful things that has ever happened to society. Not social media, but he's not talking about social media. I'm talking about just it in general. When I want to find a vehicle, I can go on Carvana.com, not sponsored, and they will send it to my house. <laughs> it could be, though. We are lazy people in reality because and we're all about efficiency. There's the point. There, I mean, and that kind of ties it all together because what that does is it allows us to stay comfortable. I don't have to go out to a restaurant and talk to people and put on my jacket. I can order whatever I want. It's quick. It's easy. But in my life, nothing that's quick and easy and comfortable in has positive results except for food 
He's got a point. I mean, if you really look at a, at a macro level, look at that. Like, there is many times that I I want to go out to eat. I want to take my son out to eat. I want to uh-huh. take. I want maybe I want to take a girl or something, and I won't do that because I can order food at home. It takes and too long. It's too it, inconvenient. It's, it, it's, it's we it's we pay we pay a lot of money for convenience, and and really you break that down. We pay a lot of money just to stay comfortable and complacent. Instead, of once a week going out to a movie theater with the whole family and having the whole movie experience. Now we're renting movies every night, and I'm spending 120 dollars a week on entertainment. Right. <laughs> no, so I get it. But that's what I mean. Is like, there's, no resentments. I embrace the technology and utilize it the best way I can, and. I can't worry about the rest of society doing that. If you want to, well, I can I can stick you up for you. Die glued to your phone, cool. I, I can stick up for you. And there's a there's a there's a line there somewhere where right. where it's easy to cross. Mm-hmm. It's easy to cross into uh, complacency and comfortability in in because of of the uh, because of of convenience that we have at that on that phone. But I, I, I can stick up for you here. It's like I know you don't do that because you go you and your wife get out go out every week. You do date night. You do this. You go. Camping, you yeah, do a lot. I didn't share it on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, and, and a lot of people like and me in recovery, when I first started, me and Brian, especially when we first started talking about recovery online and on, on social media is like, it was a big, you know, you, you don't do that. You, you got to be remain anonymous. You got to be doing this. And, you know, and I never got with that. I never, I, I, I didn't understand that. I couldn't understand. Like my addiction was, was public, you know, we I was in recovery for two years before we could say the word anonymity. You know, that's true too. <laughs> And, and I think that's the point. I still can't. I think that's the point where you can finally start talking about your recovery when you can do that. But, you know, I just, I couldn't understand that. Like, I'm going to show the world that, yes, you saw me on the front page of the newspaper, uh, you know, U.S. Marshals looking for, for me. And you know that side of me. Why would I want to just disappear and become anonymous at this point? Like, I'm doing something great. I'm changing my life. I'm I'm changing the life of the people around me. I'm helping people. I'm I'm guiding people. I'm helping myself. You know, I'm doing all these things that, that I've never acquired in 35 years of my life. I'm not going to be quiet about it. I'm, I'll be damned if I'll be anonymous about my recovery. Right. And I, I started posting and talking and started the, the uh, Monday motivation and doing all these things. And that just, you're, it, it inspired so many people to, to get and to want to, a better life. So Think the about- devil's advocate to that is, well, when you fail... Now it looks like this is. That's I'm, what they I'm, say. I'm playing, That's the, what they I'm say. playing the old schooler right. that I've heard a million times. You know, you shouldn't do that because this, because this. And in my mind, I fully agree with you, by the way. Because mm-hmm. in my head, when I was sharing that, I was like, but what if I don't? Yeah. What about when I don't? You know, it's not, right? don't, don't worry don't about. Don't set the expectation that I'm automatically yeah. going to fall it's off no the cliff, right? no different than a preacher that cheats on his wife or steals right. from the church. It doesn't ruin the faith. It's just that man made a mistake. Yeah, right? and, and that's the thing about it, too, is everybody's so, like, oh, we, we're, we're so in this stigma. Like, you're going, you get in recovery, you're going to fall. You know what? So what? Well, you used to be so what? for it being an alcoholic t- on like a serious level. Like yeah. the the Stigma. town wouldn't talk to you yeah. when you yeah. were an alcoholic. Like that's where when it originated. I understand again. <laughs> well, listen up. What was that? My phone? No, that was my watch because I was. Think about it though. Getting emotional. When you go outside of, uh, I'm not talking now about the twelve step anonymity, but people prefer anonymity in a way. It's a form of a comfort zone. Imagine this, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but just picture a world where nobody really has to live their own lives. They just plug into this virtual world, and they can do whatever they want. 
they don't have to take classes. Uh, your son knows his dad wants him to be a karate champ, so he opens up a dojo in this virtual world. They can open up a shop and chase all their dreams. They could look however they want in this virtual, and they could remain anonymous in their chair and never have to leave the house. Um, I, I know it sounds crazy, but I, I, it, no, it's people predicting right it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, it doesn't sound crazy. It's actually happening right now. I just and described in my, the metaverse. In my opinion, <laughs> is cool. Live there. I want the world to see me, and I want to see the world, so I am choosing differently. So it comes if down. you don't want to, again, I can't make anybody, I, I can't spend my life worrying about what all these other people are going to do stuck in this. That's going to be the downfall of everybody but me. I just I, don't want my kids all plugging I can do. into it. I agree. Right. Like, I agree. I think that But when the, the I disconnect... ask them and I listen to what they want, they're <laughs> all for it. <laughs> Right, but that's because it's an option. Mm-hmm. If ah, you take away the option, they have choice, to come up right? with something else. Yeah. Right? Personal choice. And as a parent, you can do that. Like, when you're 18, like, my mom was like, when you're 18, you can ride if a street bike. If you make it to 18. Right. <laughs> when you're 18, you can ride a street bike. But in this house, you don't. These are my. This is my house, my rules. Yep. Right. Simple as that. That was the way I was raised. This is my house. These are my rules. Now, did I go behind their back on many things? Sure. And did I learn from it? Absolutely. When and you got caught, I, and, and, when you and, got and caught other, and other times I didn't learn from it because it was what I wanted and I grew in other ways, but it allowed me the room to fail, but I still had to follow the guidelines of my house, my rules. You can make a decision when you can afford your own place. Mm-hmm. So in order for you to get there, I'm driving you to go out and get your own things. Yeah. And when you can get there, you're now an adult. You can do whatever the hell you want. I'm not going to say a word about it. You want to go do cocaine and 13 hookers all night long? I don't care. It's not my problem. That's what he, he couldn't wait till he got 18. <laughs> so he could do that. He's like, my mama said, woo! No hookers in the house though after 18. <laughs> so to sum this all up, not only will comfort zone uh, ultimately kill a recovering addict or alcoholic, but a comfort zone will kill an individual. It will kill a dream. And ultimately, it might be what's killing our society. It is. A thousand percent. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, guys, for joining us. If you Woo! will, like and subscribe. Maybe leave a comment below. Tell us what you think. Guys, have a wonderful week. Can I put my shoes on? <laughs> <laughs>